Amen. Well, good morning, Shiloh. Amen. It's a great day to praise the Lord. So join me wherever you are. Oh, as we trade our sorrows for joy, we trade our sickness, we trade our shame. Oh, we're letting them all down for the joy of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
about the need for the church the need for the church Shiloh just celebrated its 148th anniversary and we are still of a mindset of a spirit we're still led to talk about the significance the importance of the church the church of Jesus Christ is charged with carrying out his work in his name. The church was founded by Jesus and it rests upon the truth of who he is. In response to Peter's spirit-inspired proclamation that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus told Peter and the other disciples that on this rock, on the truth of this proclamation, I build my church. And he said that the church would be so strong, the church would be so prevalent that the gates of hell would not be able to prevent it. But more than that, the church is empowered by what Jesus did. For Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He gave his life as a ransom for many. And then Jesus empowered his church with the lasting impact of his efficacy, his Holy Spirit, which indwells and infills us. The fact that the church is the body of Christ, however, does not mean that everybody respects the church. To the contrary, throughout history, biblical and otherwise, people have sought to use the church for its own purposes. Check the scripture in Acts chapter 5. Ananias and Sapphira tried 
to misuse the church to gain personal prestige. It was the first such recorded attempt, but it certainly is not unique, for folk are still using the church, giving the appearance of being something that they are not. In Acts chapter 8, Simon the sorcerer tried to purchase the healing power of the Holy Spirit so that he might enrich himself. And still today, there are people trying to appropriate Holy Spirit power, not to minister to the needs of hurting people, but to enrich themselves and satisfy their need to seem important. In Acts chapter 16, the handlers of a demon-possessed girl put Paul and Silas in jail when they realized they could no longer exploit her and corrupt the gospel. And still today, there are those who are intent on muzzling the church, stifling the church, incarcerating the church because they've discovered that they can no longer exploit the church for their own gain. There are rebels against the church. They have existed ever since the church came into being, and they exist today. But we stop by to say that to reject the church is to reject Jesus himself. To ignore the church is to ignore his death and his suffering on the cross. And while it's bad when those outside the church are guilty of such rebellion, it's far worse when rebellion can be found within the church. I came to know Jesus through the church individual. I had a mother and a father and a grandmother that told me who Jesus was and what he had done for me. I've been nourished by the church corporate. I've learned the importance of service beyond self. I've witnessed the power of praise and prayer and proclamation and presentation. The church is my everything. And so I can't imagine myself saying, I love Jesus, and then turn around and mistreat his church. In our text today, the church is characterized as a ship sailing along the sea of life. Paul is on a ship that has run into catastrophic circumstances. Paul had been arrested for doing the work of the church, for preaching the gospel. He had been taken before various representatives of civil authority, Festus and Felix and Herod Agrippa. And like many representatives of civil authority today, they were content to be dismissive and punitive toward Paul. But because of his Roman citizenship, Paul was able to appeal to have his case heard in Rome before Caesar. But while en route on the sea, 
a terrible storm arose. Now, Paul had already warned the ship's captain of the danger of sailing at this time of year. But the captain ignored Paul's warning, much like what's happening today regarding this pandemic. It seemed that economy prevailed over safety. Money was deemed more important than human life. There was valuable but perishable cargo on the ship, and the owner stood to lose a lot of money if the cargo didn't reach its destination in a timely fashion. So the owner, the pilot, and the captain said that regardless of the danger, we're going to sail anyhow. My friends, a truth of life is that people ignore the church until they get into trouble. They think they know everything, and they want the church to not talk about what God has to say. But I stopped by to tell you that we could avoid a lot of storms if we would listen to the church. This captain had experience on the sea. He had experience in handling a ship in treacherous waters. So he ignored Paul and sailed on. But the captain didn't realize that Paul wasn't speaking for himself. He was speaking what God told him to speak. And not long after they set sail, they found themselves in a terrible storm. One translation of the scripture calls it a Eurocidon. The winds rose and Waves beat against the side of the ship. Thunder boomed and lightning flickered across the horizon. There was no doubt that they were in trouble. And as the storm raged, the captain and the crew were so busy with the storm that they forgot about Paul. But even though Paul was forgotten by them, he was not forgotten by God. It reminds us that in times like these, in a world like this, it's good to know that there is one who will always remember us. When everyone else is too busy with the issues of their own life, there's one who will reassure us, I won't leave you, nor will I forsake you. To the captain and the crew, Paul was just a prisoner in the bottom of the boat. But God was looking on Paul in a special way. God sent word to Paul by an angel and told him, no matter how bad the storm rages, I will take care of you. And so Paul sent word to the captain, 
and said, God has told me that everything will be all right. But I do have one word for you. Stay with the ship. The captain thought that Paul was in his hands, but God told Paul, no, you're in my hands. And my brothers and sisters, that's an encouraging word for times like these. I'm glad that I'm not in the hands of people. I'm glad that I'm not in the hands of world systems, but my life is in God's hands. You see, people will do terrible things to you if they can, but even when they try to take bread off your table, God will prepare a table for you right in the presence of your enemies. Systems will do all kind of evil, but God will make your enemies your footstool, even though the storm was raging. Paul was safe because he was in God's hands. The storm got worse, and the sailors became frightened and they resorted to acts of deception. Luke writes that they were pretending to protect the ship, but they were really devising a plan to abandon the ship and save themselves. And my brothers and sisters, that's a life lesson for us. Not everybody who's in the ship is with the ship. Jesus described them as wolves in sheep's clothing. There are folk in our ship. There are folk in our churches who are deceivers. They only care about themselves. And storms have a way of revealing what our true character is. But Paul, representing the church of Jesus Christ, saw through their deception and warned them, if you don't stay with the ship, then we're all going down. And the same message that Paul gave to them, God is giving to us today. Stay with the ship. We're in a storm today. Trouble and confusion are swirling around us. Prejudice and bigotry and discrimination, violence and hatred, corruption and incompetence are all around us. And as we face the storm, many feel that the church is no longer relevant. But Paul's message is as meaningful today as it was on that ship. And that message is stay with the ship. Well, why, Paul? Why should we stay with the ship? First, you should stay with the ship because you can't survive 
outside the ship. The crew was trying to escape the storm by escaping the ship. But Paul tells them that it was the ship that was the source of their survival. Outside the ship, the winds would have destroyed them and the waves would have drowned them. The only protection that they had was to stay with the ship. Church, I don't care how impatient we become with our storms. The only protection that we have is to stay with the ship. We haven't come this far on our own, but we've come this far by faith leaning and depending on the Lord. Our ancestors understood that. Many of them couldn't read or write, but they knew that God would make a way somehow. They knew that Jesus is a rock in a weary land and a shelter in the time of storm. They knew that their fate was in God's hands. And so they decided that no matter how bad things seemed to be, their only source of survival was to stay with the ship. And then we must stay with the ship because the storm won't last forever. Oh, my brothers and sisters, sometimes our storm can be so intense and so ferocious that it looks like it's never going to end. But we know down here in Louisiana that storms have seasons. And when storm season is over, God will bring us back to the light. The word from heaven today is don't let your storm fool you. Yes, clouds will rise and winds will blow. Yes, people will get upset with you and deceive you and disappoint you. But we've got to remember that no matter how bad the storm may be, it won't last always. It may be dark right now. Treachery and corruption may be all around us right now. But if you stay with the ship, God is still on his throne. And he will cause the sun to shine again. Well, that leads me to my final point this morning, and that is if you stay with the ship, the ship will get you to land. Go back and read the text. As the storm raged, a lot of things happened. As the storm raged, a lot of things were lost along the way. That cargo that 
everyone thought was so precious got lost in the storm. The tools and supplies that the sailors had got lost in the storm. As the storm raged, they saw no sun or stars for several days. As the storm raged, the lifeboats were set adrift to lighten the load. Eventually, the ship began to break apart on the rocks, and the people fell into the murky sea. But because they stayed on board the ship, God saw to it that no one was lost. They had to make it on broken pieces, but they all made it safely to land. Our church, I don't know about you. I don't know what problems you're going through. I don't know how bad the storm is right now. But this one thing I do know, everything will be all right if you stay with the ship. You might have to lose some things along the way. You might lose some people along the way. You might find that the ship starts to break up into pieces. But even in the midst of the breakup, if you just hold on to the pieces, God will make everything all right. God will bring you safely to the other side. And that's my goal today. I've lived long enough to know that this world is not my home. I'm on my way to the other side. I know that it's just a little while longer and I must try the realities of another world. But I've decided that come what may, I'm gonna stay with the ship. Storms may rise, winds may blow, I'm going to stay with the ship. Lightning may flash, thunder may roll, I'm going to stay with the ship. Because by and by, when the morning comes, the ship is going to make it to the other side. And I want to hear King Jesus say, Servant, 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 servant. Well done, well done, well done, well done. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I made up my mind. I'm going to stay with the ship.
I'm going to keep my hand in God's hand. We need the church. We need the message that the church has. The church is the only instrument that can speak in the name of Jesus and say that there is a brighter day ahead. Some folk would rather have houses and land. Some folk choose silver and gold. These things they treasure, but they forget about their souls. I've decided to make Jesus my choice. I'm not crazy. I know the road gets rough. I know the going gets tough. I know that sometimes the hills are hard to climb, but I started out a long time ago. And there's no doubt in my mind I've decided to make Jesus my choice. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you for a word that reminds us that along the sea of life, we will encounter storms, terrible storms, frightening storms, life-changing storms. But because we are in your ship, because we are under your protective care, we can be reassured that we can make it even through our storms. Bless this simple word which has gone forth. May it be a help to those.